0: Speaking for a long period of time about the church I see. Everybody said the church I see. And I believe that this is an opportunity for me to bring to you so that we know the direction we are going because we are unique as a church. And I believe God is doing a work in each and every one of us. And this church is unique. It's fantastic. And I'm blessed. And I thank God for the privilege God has given me to pastor this church. I don't take it for granted. Because it's an honor bestowed upon me by God to pastor a church like this. And I thank God for it. I am very, very grateful. But I believe also that God wants us to move towards one direction. You see, there is what I call the church I see. And I believe God is looking down upon us today saying, listen, which direction are you going? I have given you a mandate. And I want you to apply that bandage on the church so that we can move towards one direction. The church I see. The church I see. And I believe that um, God wants us to move and to be on the same page. To know where he is taking us. Many, many weeks ago, I spoke to you about the church I see, and we did, we spoke about um, part one, part two, and today, by the grace of God, I hope we'll be able to address part three. But I just want to refresh your mind about where we have been journeying. In the part one, we spoke about how, or sort of, we certified or, or clarified our purpose. That is the reason why we exist. It talks about our vision, talks about our mission. You see, this is the reason why we exist. We, have, we exist and we believe that then we exist to bring healing amongst those that God has given us. And we call it healing those who are hurting, those who are amongst us and those as we journey amongst in the midst of our community, how we can also dispense healing to those around us. That is why we do what we do. I believe as a church, so to speak, I believe we are just a hospital. We are just here to receive healing. And that is why we come up with creative ideas and see the Jesus report does not come to us because we just want to do it. We want to apply healing. Allow God to bring healing to the church. Because if God does not heal the church, how can we heal others? Are you with me? So God wants us to be healed. And so that is what the mandate of this church is. We are a hospital to bring healing to the broken-hearted, To bring healing to the hurting. To bring healing to the sick, those who are sick spiritually and those who are sick physically. You see, many of us today can testify to how God, through this church, have brought healing to them. Many of us could testify to that. Let me talk. To you maybe uh, no, I, I'm not. I don't want to put you um, on the spot. Perry can testify. Amen. He just woke up when I mentioned his name. Amen? And then uh, can testify how this church has brought healing into his life. Alma can testify how this church has brought healing into her life. Pam can testify. Where is Pam? Are you well in your household? <laughs> Amen? Praise God, you just sit down there, very isolated, (laughs) digested, and said, all has forsaken me, only Luke is with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. You see, many of us can testify how God has healed me through this church. Just quickly, I want to put you on the Perry. can you just come here quickly, run. Quickly, we want you to run oh, quickly.
1: Bro.
0: Yes, yeah, right now. Bro. And uh, <laughs> testify just two minutes how this judge has healed you. And not only that, testify how God has spoken to you next door about the boat. Something about the boat, the, the, oh, the ages. No. Quickly. Amen. Look, I'm going to turn this off. Because no, no, but I, I want to you to use know. it. No you know I, hate I don't obey me. You have to use it. You have to use it. <laughs>
1: put me on the spot. Okay, so, uh, many of you know, some years ago, I, I I was a pretty broken man. And, uh, and so, uh, let me try to get through this. But this church, essentially, I've been sharing with Tony, you know, it's taken a few years, probably a four year journey. And, uh, you know, God's getting me back on my feet. In fact, um, I would say in the last three months, just encourage it. You don't realize what, a lot of times what each one of you is doing, but it's actually strengthening to believe for, uh, for the future. See, so we have to have hope. Without hope, uh, we look at a world that's actually losing hope, especially in the younger generation. They're wondering, what does the future hold? And um, in any case, uh, you know, we have a hope, we have a future in God. We have a, each one of us has a calling and a gift a future and God has a purpose for each one of us <laughs> and uh, when you're restored to that, when you get, get that back again, you get vision, you get hope and you start believing and uh, start locking into what God has for your life and so um, I, I want to tell you, this church has been a real hospital for me it has got me back it's got me back where I'm almost you know, getting back to where I, I was some years ago even stronger in fact while I was sitting in the um, Tony thought I was asleep but God's been speaking to me this morning just about for all of you I wonder, and especially the young ones look don't lose heart many times you're going through things and things look bad things may look like you're actually going backwards it's getting worse than better I just talked to a young man here the last few days, and he was just sharing with me. He's lost 10 out of a class of 70, okay, in a school in Ballarat. He just went to his 10th funeral where someone took their life. So he's lost 10 young people in his class out of 70. There's only 60 left. And he's only maybe 26. So, What I'm saying is that um, there is a future and a hope and um, I wanted to encourage you this morning that you're, you're doing a terrific work but that was the word. Look, the word is this. This is what God was speaking to me. It's coming back to me now. Everything you're going through is preparation for what is ahead. Let me tell you something. God is doing a work in the world. He's doing a work in you. He's preparing you for what is ahead. And there is a move of God coming. And it's, it's going to be through young people. The next generation, he's looking for, for people to lead this thing. He's looking for warriors. And those who can overcome. Those who can learn their lessons when they're going through things and can get through it. And he's preparing them for what's ahead. And there is, look, the world is going to go backwards. It is going backwards you've got eyes to see and ears to hear you will see it's not getting better it's getting worse no matter what they tell you on the media okay so but there's a future if you're walking with god because he's moving always forward he has a purpose for this earth and for us so um Thank you very much. Well, thank you. I took up your time. Amen. That is fine. You're very gracious.
0: That's a part part of the message. And uh, Thank you very much. Sorry for putting on the spot, but I just appreciate that uh, God uh, is doing an awesome work in this church, through this church. Amen? Amen. And um, I told you some time ago how Joseph walked into this church, and as he walked into this church, we were downstairs, myself and Perry, doing some work downstairs, and he said, I just want this church to take care of me. I said, we are here. And he walked off, he attended this church a few weeks, and then he had issues. And um, last week, I drove him to the hospital. had an operation, he's out of the hospital, right now, as we speak. You see, this is why we do what we do. We do it because we want to be an instrument of God's healing to people. We want to help people. We want to stand with them. We want to just encourage them. We want to build them up. So in part one of the church I see to bring healing to those who are broken. Those who are messed up those who are upset, to encourage them. And so in part one, we did clarify the vision why we exist to bring healing to the broken hearted. So if you want to put it in another way, you might say that uh, we are instrument of Christ's healing to those around us. While we are talking about our purpose, but we also need to understand that we also have a mission. You see, our mission also is to see in the new season as we step into 2020 by the grace of God to grow the church by 20%. It is possible. And I believe each and every one of us can be an instrument of God to bring this to fruition. And so, like I said, we need to be healed first, equipped, encouraged, built up, so that we can also know fully well that God did not heal us for healing's sake. He healed us to fulfill his mandate. Are you with me? I remember in this book of Matthew, sorry, Mark, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, he came to Campania, and then he went straight to Peter's household. Peter's mother-in-law was what, sick. Then they brought Jesus Christ to Peter's wife, Peter's mother-in-law, who was sick of fever. The Bible tells us that then He healed her and raised her up. The Bible tells us that then when she was healed, she rose up and began to serve Christ. Are you with me? Jesus Christ needs to heal you and I so that we can serve him and fulfill his mandate in our lives. Amen? And that is why we're not going to be healed and do nothing about his kingdom. God wants us to be healed so that we can fulfill his mandate. Amen? And we spoke about the second part. I said, the church I see that we need to be a church with a prophetic voice and the church with the prophetic i hope i'll be able to get into the the third part today but that is fine you see i see a church we are moving in the prophetic and doing the work of ministry we become a new normal in this church and i thank god that we are so privileged in this church to have pastor umberto ministering to us every time i look at him every time he ministers and I just say, my God, God, why is it that eh, every time you had deposited certain things into my spirit, this man speaks it forth? That is a confirmation. He said, throughout this week, God has been ministering to me. He said, don't look into the past. He said, there's a fresh anointing. And he spoke today, he said, don't look into the past. Don't look into the past. He said, you need to look forward to what God wants to do. And God is saying today that He said, there is a fresh anointing. We should convert the fresh anointing because yesterday's anointing is still Old food. If you eat old food, if you will eat food that is old, many of us have got a tendency to just feed on the old manna. Hallelujah. Old manna. Hey, listen carefully. It's coming to me right now. It says that the children of Israel, they move all the way 40 years and they were feeding on on what? The manna. Every in the morning they wake up. They pick up the manna. They feed. In the evening when they go out there's no manna. It's old food. In the morning they wake up again. They go out there's a fresh manna. And they To eat this manna for 40 years, then all of a sudden they step into the promised land. The Bible says the manna stopped. The manna, it was the old manna of yesteryear's, it's now a fresh manna. God wants us to understand how important it is that we must not depend on the old manna of yesteryear's. The old anointing. Many of us are still converting what people have written. I thank God for what people have written. I thank God for inspiration the power of the Holy Spirit through people. But we cannot depend on that. It's a fresh manner. Because the more I read my Bible for many years, I have read my Bible from Genesis to Revelation every year. I keep on reading it every day. Every time I read it, God speaks to me differently from the way He spoke to me last week. Last year's. It's a fresh anointing, a fresh manner. Are you with me? But that's why you need to read your Bible. Many of us will say, oh, I know the Bible. You don't know the Bible. You need to read the Bible every day. Every day because God wants to speak to you different. The way he spoke to you yesterday is different from the way he's going to speak to you today. I see a church moving in the prophetic for every born again believer can be prophetic you said prophetic, yes, you can be prophetic. Many of us today, when the sports speak about prophetic, they are scared, they think it is something unique for some other people. You are prophetic. I see people come to me, they start with me, they encourage me, and I just look at it and say, Wow, this is actually what I need. I remember sometimes Santina sent me a, a text message. He said, Pastor Tony, I just feel my like Encouraging today, and I look at this and say, Wow, this is a word in season that I really need for myself. That is prophetic. That is prophetic. You don't know you are operating in the prophetic, but you are prophesying. You are encouraging, you are building up individuals. You are encouraging them. It is prophetic. But many of us don't know we are doing it. But I want to encourage you today, you are doing it, you can do it, continue to do it in Jesus' name. Amen? And look at what it says here. In the book of First Corinthians 14, verse 1 and 3, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy. But anyone or everyone who prophesies speaks for men for strengthening, for encouragement and comfort. How many of you can testify today that You have encouraged somebody else. Talk back to me. How many of you can testify today. You have comforted somebody else. How many of you can testify today. That. You have strengthened somebody else. Then you are prophetic. Hallelujah.
1: I do also understand that there
0: is a prophetic ministry. The office. Just like the office of a pastor. The office of an evangelist. The office of a prophet. That is an office. The office of an evangelist. But the Bible tells us, each and every one of us must be his witnesses. That is evangelistic. Is that right? You see, there is a difference. We need to understand what God is saying to us. Amen? As we move into Slowly moving to another idea. You see, where are we in the scheme of things? What does the future hold? And I believe that the church with a prophetic voice has an answer to that question. Where are we in the scheme of things? The church should not be like Issachar. The church must not be like Issachar. The church must move beyond Issachar. In the book of Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49 verses 14. I want you to listen carefully because I believe if we have to end up the message, not going to our session, that is fine. We can always pick it up because I think this is very important. He said the book of Genesis chapter 49, I believe the church must not be like Issachar. Chapter 49 verse 14 to 15, he says this word, he said, He said Issachar is a strong beast of body, resting among the saddleback. (coughs) He said verse 15, he said when he saw how good the countryside was, how pleasant The line is, he willingly bends his shoulder to the task and serve his master with vigor. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying, but I just want to explain to you the context God is revealing, or God is revealing this to Jacob. Jacob is about to die. He called his children to him. He said, "Come, I want to talk to you. What will befall you in future?" And he began to pray individually to each and every child. There are twelve tribes, or twelve children of God, plus one, of course, Dinah, which is uh, a lady. So he began to pray for them. And he began, as he began to pray for them, he began to prophesy as he prayed for them. I don't have time to tell you about each and every 12 trials, we we don't have time for that today. But as he began to pray, he came to Issachar. I remember many years ago, I went to Nigeria. Uh, This was 1991. And I didn't even know whether I'm going to see my parents again, but my mother was wise enough when I was about to take off, come back to Australia, my mother called and said, come here, I want you to just kneel down and ask your father to bless you. So I knelt down, he laid hand on me, and began to pray over me. And I received it in Jesus name, amen? Okay, prayer is not enough, but you need to be able to understand that you must be motivated to do something about the prayer. Are you with me? Okay, now, Isaac came. Like Jacob began to prophesy and speak into Isaac's life. He said, he, he said, you are just like an ox. Strong. He said, but you are having this body. You carry the body like a, a, a sandalback. He said, you carry this body. He said, you love rest so much. You are willing to, even with this body on your shoulder, bow down and allow this body to weigh you down because you love rest and peace too much. Okay, now let us look at it this way. You see, Isaac was the fifth son of Leah, that is Jacob's son, and he loved rest, he loved quietness. You see, Jacob is predicting that. Remember, these children right now, they sign their territory in the promised land. But Jacob can see what is happening in that territory. He said when this guy received his territory around the lower part of Galilee, instead of fighting and winning the battle over the enemy so that he can be allowed the enemy to be subject to him but he allowed the enemy to conquer him and he himself subject to the enemy. Because he loved peace too much, he loved. He's very lazy. So Jacob is saying, "You have become so lazy." He said, "So you must, and you allow the enemy to overwhelm you because you love peace." I want to explain it in today's context. Where my parents. Or oh, My father prayed over me and I thanked God for it and I knew what I wanted. And I began to pursue what God has laid in my heart. I did not see it as a lesson and that the blessing would just fall upon my lap. Like I said today, every step of the way is a test for me to overcome. Every difficulties along the way is a test for me to overcome. The blessing did not come. I did not sit down in front of television the whole day and expect the job to come to me. I did not sit down in front of television the whole day expecting the money to come to me. I pursued. What was Jacob saying? Jacob saying, Son, you are so lazy. You are just peace, you love quietness. You see, that will not serve your purpose. You see, because if you love, you are so lazy, you love quietness. You see, when the time comes for you to conquer your enemy, the enemy is going to conquer you and you become subject to the enemy. And so, Jacob predicted. And when they conquer the enemy, when they assign the territory to them, was subject to the enemy. And then, the Bible tells us over a period of time, Issachar refused. Issachar refused to accept their situation. Whatever situation you are in today, you can refuse to accept your situation. You can change your situation. Are you with me? You can change your your situation. And then Issachar sought God. And then, he became a prophetic voice and gave direction to Israel when the country was going through a time of crisis in leadership. Look at what the book of uh, 1 Chronicles says, 12 32. It says from the tribe of Issachar there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. This man became famous. This man became a prophetic voice. Then he says, he said, all these men understood the sign of the time and knew what is best and what cause Israel needs to take. He said, the world today is looking for direction. The answer is where are we in this scheme of things? And I believe the church can have a direction towards it. If the church does not have a prophetic mandate, the church cannot give direction to the world. Today, we are like Issachar of old, who, instead of being a prophetic voice to the world, we are dancing to the tune of the world and obeying the world. We ought to lead the world. We are not the tail; we are the head. Are you with me this morning? And we must lead. Amen. So, you, it's like that when he woke up, he prayed about it. He said, no longer will I begin to be weighed down under this body. I need to rise up. I need to shake up this body so that I can be able to receive the mandate of God for my life. And then, when he shook up the body, he began to be prophetic. He began to be the head, not the tail. And then, You can change your situation. Look at this word. He said, what you are is God's gift to you. Hallelujah. What you are is God's gift to you. But what you make of yourself is your gift to God. Hello. Hallelujah. It tells me that you can change your situation. We'll not go to the 10th part today, but I just want to conclude here with this verse. It just came to me now, right now. How many of you have read about Jabez? Have you heard about Jabez? Okay, now, Jabez is an individual, just one line, one verse in the Bible. But before you read that verse, it tells us that you read many parts of the Bible or many parts of genealogy that will put you to sleep. It tells us, he said, this beget this, this beget that, beget. And before you get to Jabez, you will almost be dozing. And so the reason why he says that was that he said, Jabez was more honorable more than his brethren. For his mother beget him out of pain and call him Jabez. Jabez means a child who causes pain. A child of pain. Have you walk in the street today? And people call me, look at pain coming. Look at somebody who causes Who at somebody whose name is bad luck. Everybody will run away from him. Nobody wants to associate with him. And Jabez said, the Bible said, Jabez This prayer said, God, I want you to make me not to cause pain, I want you to enlarge my territory. The Bible said, God, answer this prayer. And he was more honorable among his brethren. What am I saying? I'm saying right now, this morning, that you can change your situation. You can rise up. It's not going to sit down. You're not going to sit down and allow it to fall on your lap. You need to rise up. You need to have drive within your spirit to go be a good go-getter. You must be a go-getter. You must see what God has given you today and pursue it. It's not going to fall on your lap. You need to seek God as you have never saw God before. You need to pray. You need to ask God and say, listen, just like David. David was a man of pain. He's today. He was a man who just like peace. He just like to stay quietly watch TV. But, Isaac I said, no, I must rise up. I must go take my possession. I must rise up. And then he became a prophetic boy. Read it it's in the Bible. It became a prophetic voice to so the extent that people rallied around the tribe of Issachar to give them direction into the future. What has God done in store for you? But that prophetic voice they became cannot come to them unless they were willing to do something about it. If you continue to play TV games, continue to watch TV, continue to just eat from place to place, Uber it. And then, I tell you something, people will not come to you. You must fight for it. You must be prepared to isolate yourself into the presence of God and seek God and say, God, I want what you have in store for me. I can't see it, but I want to look for it. I want to seek you. Just like Jabez today. Jabez, he looked, he said, let me finish here. I told you, before you get to Jabez, he said, "It tells you about the genealogy that will put you to sleep." Quite often, we do a Passover. Everyone say Passover. Okay, now it's not a Passover of the Bible, but that is my Passover. You do a Passover because when you read this beginning, this all the genealogy, you are sick of reading it, so you jump. That is what I call the Passover. So you jump and read the better bits. Are you with me? You need to read those genealogy because it is good for you. It is good for you. When you go, when you dig for gold, how of gold? You see the gold we put on our rings and fingers and everything. Eh? It's beautiful, you know, right? Is it beautiful? It's nice. But how do you get it? How do you get it? In the mud, sand, death. But in order to get you, you need to dig deep. To so bring it out, are you with me? To so bring it out, then you refine it, go through those process to become oil, All Oil gold, amen. What? It. Jabez, he found the purpose of God. He said, I refuse to accept my situation. If you don't like your situation, you can change it in Jesus' name. You are what you are when no one is watching you are what you are when no one is watching i don't stand here to talk to you about the grace and mercy of god about the purpose of god because i just got it like that i got it because i spent time in the closet i was isolated i looked to god and i received the manna from the oven of heaven in order to give to you because you desire the best and that is what But you are what you are when no one is watching Because if you continue to dance around people in the public and you think you get something from God there, no, you can't. When no one is watching, that is what makes you who you are. What you are is God's gift to you. What you are is God's gift to you. But what you make of yourself, that is why God did not make us. He made us perfect. We messed up in the garden. In the garden of paradise. In a beautiful garden. Hey, look back to me. We finish here. I know I've said it many times, but I just just felt the Holy Spirit saying this to me. In a beautiful garden, where everything seems perfect, yet Adam fell. But in a wicked garden. A wicked garden. In the garden of Gethsemane. In a beautiful garden. Adam fell. He was tempted. He fell. In a wicked garden. In the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus Christ was tempted. He triumphed. You might think everything is going to be perfect for you. Nothing is going to be perfect in a good environment. In order for you to triumph, you must be in your wicked garden. That's why we live in this world today. And you will be tempted. Because you have Christ with you, you will triumph over your difficulties. Because you have Him with you. But Jesus Christ cannot do it for you. You need to partner with Him. If you are so lazy like Isaac is, 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 is kind of old, so lazy and you just think that it's going to be done for you, no. you must partner with God. He rose up and said, no, I refuse to accept my situation. What I make of myself is my gift to God. And he became a gift to God. That's why those words we are reading that it became a prophetic voice for God. And the third part, the us stand up. You know what? Worship it, team is a Spirit is just want to talk to some of us today. Want to take us out of our comfort zone. Want to tell us that listen, you cannot remain in your own situation. God does not desire you to remain in your situation. God operates by faith. The reason why you are in your situation is telling you. Say, I am waiting. This is prophetic right now. He said, I am waiting for my children to rise up to be able to seize the day, so that they can be, do, so that they can be something that want them to be. They need to pursue it. They need to lay their hand on what I have laid in front before them. You cannot remain in your situation because your situation is still you need a fresh anointing, you need a fresh oil, convert the fresh oil, that's why we keep on coming here every day, every Sunday, not to give old food, not to give stale food, but to give fresh anointing, to look to God, are you there this morning, are you there this morning, are you happy with the way you are, with your situation? Are you just continue to be a second class, a dormant, a second class person. But God is saying right now, rise up. Rise up. Don't remain in your situation. Don't be like Isaac of old. You can't change your situation. But I want to partner with you. say god i acknowledge that i don't like my situation i want to rise up to where you want me to be to the next level in me but i need to pass the test lord help me are you there this morning are you there this morning come let us pray let's pray together and say god i don't like my situation i want to move to the next level we are stepping into a new territory. We are stepping into 2020. I do not want this stale bread of 2019. Yes, I thank God for what happened. It was right for that season. It was right for that season. But now I need a fresh. The freshness of the power of God in my life. And I believe you have that in your life. Let us pray together right now. I'm not satisfied. I need a fresh, I if you can't pray too, because the time is passing. If you want to pray, just come and pray right now. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you. Just lift up our hands right now. Thank you.